0: Joe. Um, in light of recent events of what happened in Northern Ireland when a 29-year-old journalist was killed uh, in the line of duty, I was on the fence by releasing these next two episodes on the 1916 Irish Easter Rising. Uh, I talked to a few people um, and they told me I should go ahead and do it. Um, and after thinking about it, I agree. So they'll be released on the schedule. Um, the Real IRA are a terrorist organization and one of the things that terrorist organizations like to do is try to warp history and um, events in their favor and uh, that's what they were trying to do with this attack uh, when they tried to use the memory of 1916 and the easter rising um, for an uptick in dissident republican activity in northern ireland and As anybody who's listened to this show for more than episode or two, know that there's nothing I hate more than historical revisionism. And so that's why I will not uh, let them do that. Um, So I hope you enjoy these episodes. Know that if you find these um, offensive or distasteful, I apologize. Both these episodes were uh, recorded before the acts of, um, of the real IRA and not with that in mind at all. Um, and I hope that this is the last time that one of our stories from a topic 100 years ago uh, come back to, to face us here today. Thank you. Hello. Welcome to... Wait, don't you mock my intros? Uh, hello. Hello. I've had a <laughs> this stroke. Is the show. This, this is the show? This intro is going off the rails. This is the Welcome show. Welcome to the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. I'm Joe, and with me for a record-breaking, what, fourth time in a row... Yeah. ...is Sir Nicholas. Yes. Um, We're doing a topical episode for maybe the third time in our show's history? Yes. It is... So when this comes out, it'll be Easter... Well, Easter Sunday will be the day before because our show comes up Monday. But it's Easter four-day weekend for everybody else. Uh, so, happy Easter to our Catholic folks. Despite us having a calendar, we do not use it. We're not good at planning. No. Um Who would have thought, right? Yeah. Um So, if you're not Catholic or not religious or... I wh- am. but Whatever. Not really. Uh, happy long weekend. Uh, so, the weird part is um, I... My my mother was raised Catholic. Um, I certainly was not. Um, But one time, like she got married like three times Um, because you know, (laughs) if you don't succeed, try, try, try again until your kids are irreparably damaged. But um, one time, she married a hardcore Catholic. Uh, So suddenly, we had to go to church. Yeah, and I didn't understand any of it. So like, um, like Palm Sunday ash Wednesday yeah. like why are you giving me grass and drawing on my face <laughs> I used to wipe that shit off and get smacked as soon as I did it I mean that's the only way you truly learn anything is through pain and misery right so yeah um I think rich cuz rich grew up catholic as well she said uh they're like convenience store catholics or like fast food catholics whatever it is like you just grab what you want and keep going <laughs> you don't take all the dogma <laughs> You know what I did enjoy it once I did the uh to be honest, I never really retained the information I learned or the schools that I went to. But I know I did a ceremony where I was able to fucking eat Jesus. Eat the, eat, please eat my body and drink my blood. Yes. <laughs> and that's the only thing I looked forward to on Sunday. I was like, I'm so fucking hungry. I can't wait to eat this dude. <laughs> I, 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 want to, I want to eat this cracker so hard. And it's not even good. No, no. You because if it? it tasted good, it would be a sin in you Catholicism. Had it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I uh, didn't get to drink any wine, though, because uh, even giving liquor to, to young children is frowned upon. They still... I've seen it. At least, you know, not in the open. <laughs> I don't know. You have to be like a teenager, I think. I don't know. I don't know, but I know I've seen like underage for sure take a sip. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so today, as I, I've uh, talked about a little bit on Twitter, um, we are going to be talking It's about something topical, and for only the second time in our show's history, we're talking about Irish history, Uh, so be prepared for me to butcher a lot of names. Um, I'm already ready. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's kind of our brand now. People constantly say I pronounce things wrong, so fuck it. Yeah. Let's go with it. Um, And there's a lot of things about uh, Irish history we could talk about, because Ireland's history is just a... Continuous circle of conflict, really. Um, but we we're talking about more specifically the Easter Rising of 1916. Um, so, the Easter Rising was a violent uprising among Irish Republicans against the United Kingdom and Unionist collaborators in order to establish a free and independent Ireland. It'll last for six days, kill hundreds of people. Um, but in order to get to that, we have to just talk about how the fuck we got here. Six right? days. Six days. Mm. About one week. Yeah. Took a day off. Uh, yeah, kind of. They took a day off to surrender and get executed, but uh, we'll get there. Um, so now I need to I need to say this as a warning. <laughs> that wasn't it. Um, there's a lot of. I, so if I say there's a lot of acrimony between the Irish and the British, it's like the, the biggest understatement <laughs> in podcast history. That's like saying Hitler was kind of a bad dude. <laughs> Or Pol Pot, not a good guy. Um, Could have done without. I'm going to cover as much as I have to to get to the Easter Rising. Um, because if I was to cover everything, we would literally be here for the next 10 years and we would be coming into part 95 of the Easter Rising and we still would not get to the Rising. Uh, so That's been a real good trend of ours. Yeah, yeah. So so Consider this a yada, yada, yada version of... Feelings between the British and the Irish. So any Irish listeners, I apologize. I'm probably going to upset you and I leave, leave out certain important parts. But I'm going to try to gloss over as much as I can so you understand why exactly the Irish picked the middle of World War I. as a good time for an uprising. Um, but to get there, we have to talk about the Act of Union in 1800s. As many people may know, the United Kingdom is a thing that exists. So before that, uh England and Ireland were joined what is uh known as a personal union. No, that is not a, a personal we- union. No, that's not like a weird libertarian way to get out of saying gay marriage. It's um it kind of makes it sound like Ireland got, you know, like really fucking hammered and married to the British Queen. But uh, what a personal union meant is that Ireland and England shared a monarch and little else. Consider it kind of like the Commonwealth Uh, today. Okay. Um, Ireland was allowed to have its own parliament, enact its own laws, you know, run their life. Um, There's one little problem with the Irish government of the time. Only members of the Anglican Church could become members of parliament. And this is despite the fact that the majority of Ireland is majority Catholic. Um. Now, Anglican, for people who are not aware, is one of seemingly countless branches of the Protestant Church. Um, It is the very predominantly British branch of the Protestant Church. Um, It wasn't until 1793 that Catholics were even allowed to vote. Um, 1793? 1793, to vote in their own country, yeah. Uh, Of course, this is assuming they rented or owned property. So the vast majority of people were fucked. Um, it should not be, co- uh, it's not too surprising that the Catholics or at least the church leadership, uh, wanted a union with mother queen, uh, because their government was fucking them over. Uh, you know, say what you will about the British and religious freedom. They don't exactly have a long history between the two, but they thought that, you know, maybe if we join the queen all the way, they'll have to give us the same rights that British people have. Psych! <laughs> what a bunch of assholes! Yeah, uh, England did not really care about any of this until 1798. Uh, that was when the United Irishmen, a revolutionary republican group led by an epically named Theobald Wolf Tone, yes, uh, attempted to <laughs> separate themselves from awesome. England entirely. Wolf Tone, Wolf Tone, like, the Wolf Tone sounds the wolf tones. like tones. It sounds like the particular. Part of like a music, uh, like a of a song that you put on that you get laid to, like now the Wolf Tones coming, it's about to happen. (laughs) Or that's like maybe if the Deftones got into history, and they're like, holy fuck, the Wolf wolf Tones is way fucking better. Yes, and I really wish I could get into the history of Theobald Wolf Tone because it is awesome. But that's not why we're here. Maybe a different time. Okay. Um, but he wanted to lead a revolution uh, to separate themselves from England entirely, as well as kick out those asshole Protestants. So, problematic for the English. Um, he, he, for some reason, I'm picturing Beowulf. I can assume he had an epic beard, and I'm probably wrong, because this, this is the age of tidy mustaches. Well, here, I'm thinking, like, I am Wolf Tone. Like, ah, and then fucks him up. Oh, he definitely said his name. He said his name before he came. If I had a name that cool, I would say it before I did literally anything. Wolf <laughs> <laughs> So, all of that still may not have pissed off the British. I mean, probably weren't going to be friends. But, think of the age we're talking about here. 1798. What else is happening at this time in Europe? Pretty pivotal moment in European history. Uh, but, to get to that, you have to talk about who uh, Tone's major sympathizer and influencer was. Revolutionary France. Nice. And as anybody knows, the first time revolutionary France touches anything, England has to kill it. Uh, Such downers. Yeah. France was so excited about sticking it to the English. And that... That they had not only supplied the Irish with weapons, they sent out an invasion force of 14,000 men to support Wolf Town. They're all giddy, too. They're like. Uh, main problem, though, with the French Revolution, uh, they got rid of a lot of officers who were monarchists and loyalists uh, to uh, King Louis. This heavily impacted their navy. So they really didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Uh, so before the revolution could spread, uh, the French Revolution, the ideas, and you know, liberty, and all this other shit, could spread to the Irish comrades. The French Navy fucked everything up and nearly sank before the troops could even land, forcing them to return back to France and left the Irish revolutionaries to their fate. So sank by the water. The enemy. They got oh, sank by the water. Jesus. <laughs> so the enemy had nothing to do with no, it. it was just they the didn't water. Didn't even get that far. Go um, that away. Yeah. Uh, the. British stormed in, tortured, murdered, and pillaged the revolution to death. Uh, It even included a special kind of torture known as pitch capping. Pitch capping. Pitch capping. It was when boiling hot tar was poured into a metal cap and then placed on a prisoner's head. Once it hardened and cooled and bonded to the victim's head, it would be quickly torn off, taking the majority of the scalp with it. Yeah. That sounds terrible. It sounds fucking shitty. Yeah. It sounds like, but at the same time, if I I just explained to you pitch capping, I'm like, but the British did it. You'd be like, oh yeah, okay. Like, it sounds like something they would do. (laughs) Pitch capping honestly seems like at first they started it with the heads of their penis as the torture method. You know, I expected you to go that route and I don't disagree. And then they were like, wait, 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 Why don't we just do the heads? (laughs) Reginald, don't be (laughs) disgusting. Do the regular heads instead. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Oh, by the way, for our listeners, we have uh, for maybe our new listeners, um, we have a strict rule in this podcast that I have placed on Nick. That is the cunt rule. Now. Which is horse shit, because there's only now, one time we got to say it, which was the fucking Z. The- God damn it. The emu war. And there's a reason for that, because we we're talking about Australians. Today, we're talking about Irish and British, which means... The rule's no longer in effect. Go ahead. Say it. Hold on. Say it. Let me get a sip. (laughs) Go ahead and say it. I know you want to. Cunt. There you go. All right. There's some ASMR for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So after the torture orgy was over in Ireland, England was left a little shaken that the Irish may very well uh, give full voting rights to the Catholics. Now, there's a reason why this is bad. Um. France, even during the revolution, was mostly influenced by the Catholic church. Now, there was all sorts of radically like taking money away from the church, taking their influence away. But the French were still Catholics for the most part. Um, they were afraid that even if they destroyed the revolution and Ireland was left in charge of their own their own affairs, they would still go down the same route. Because they have a giant Catholic friendly neighbor right next door across the channel. Right. Um, so their plan was to force Ireland to join in union with them. Uh, if they got rid of the Irish parliament altogether and all these pesky rights, uh, then they could get rid of their problem. So how in the hell do you trick someone into voting away their own freedoms? Now, I know, as I say this in the year 2019, a lot of people are like, well, it's pretty fucking easy. We do it every four years. So, I imagine back then it'd probably be uh, leaflets, possibly. Maybe even... Now, take away... You're thinking of a free election. Like, you're thinking about tricking the electorate. But this is a bill put into the Irish Parliament. These are all people who... I mean, this is a government in the late 1700s. Not very ethical. Not very uh, morally based. Right. So, good old-fashioned bribery. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay. The British poured honors titles and huge amounts of money onto the Irish parliamentarians. And wouldn't you know it, the act passed 158 for and 115 against. Jesus. Ireland was now fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now in total control, the British began exploiting the living shit out of Ireland, which is kind of what the British did. Uh, you know, history says uh, no. they like exploiting people. Uh, not only did the Irish watch the as true p- chads. Uh, not anymore. Another <laughs> <laughs> the time. Another government is actively fist fucking themselves. Chads at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out good old fashioned racism and exploitation is how a tiny island ends up controlling half the world. Um, so the Irish watches their power stripped from them. Uh, they watch their food go too. Um, Ireland is pretty poor through all of this. Um, and, you know, it's kind of what you get through a natural and never-ending cycle of conflict between you and a neighbor who happens to be a global superpower at the time. And revolutions and horrible revolutionary violence. Uh, Pretty much most of their land was dedicated to farming. Their agrarian society as many societies were at the time. Er (laughs) Agrarian. Very good. Very good, Nick. Uh, People were hungry. I really like that word. I don't know why. Agrarian. (laughs) Uh, People were hungry and they needed something cheap to eat. Nothing was cheaper Than potatoes Uh, So they, But the thing is Is a lot of people Have this Misconception The stupid fucking Irish people Only planted potatoes That is not true Uh, They also planted wheat Barley oats And a few other crops The main difference is Potatoes are very very cheap And You just gave up like Half of the Jameson recipe For their whiskey Yeah Uh, Potatoes are very very cheap Everything else I just named Is worth money (laughs) The main, so the British now being in charge allowed the entire island to become dependent on the potato for food, while exporting everything else. So imagine um, California—they're known for what growing like avocado. Well, they grow mo- most of America's they, produce. Yeah, but say they're only known for avocados. Yes, that. But they But avocados mm. were suddenly very very cheap, and um, that'd be fantastic. And like forty percent of everybody lived on solely avocados. Mm. But they also worked on other shit. And the US government said, okay, you can keep the avocados, but we're taking everything else. No, you're not going to get any money for it. Mm. That's effectively the same thing. Uh, I'll trade this avocado for that avocado. All we have are avocados. Yes. Gotcha. All yeah. right. A monoculture, as it's mm. known. Um, now, because none of the farmers were, were reaping any of the benefits of their labor, um, they were poor, never going upward in the social strata and forced to live on potatoes. That's just how the British did things. Same thing happened in India and it led to horrible, horrible famines bordering on genocide. I all call it genocide. Historians are split. Um, that is when the potato blight hit. A bug swept through Europe that infest, infested potato crops everywhere, killing potatoes off effectively, rotting them, making them right. unpalatable. You couldn't eat them. Now, this happened everywhere, all over Europe. And it sucked. But then it hit Ireland, who had a full 40% of their population entirely dependent on potatoes for food. Ooh, wee. Like, that's all they ate. It's a lot. Just potatoes, too. I imagine they had like a really good cookbook on potatoes, though, if that's all they ate. Uh, no, they're just dirt poor. Uh-huh. Um, now, like I just talked about the Bengal famine it 's frighteningly similar and perpetrated by the same people uh, the great Bengal famine in India uh, or even the Ukrainian holodomar well uh, nearly one million Irish starved to death with another one million fleeing abroad many to most to America. This is when you know Irish need not apply science but Irish people aren't white enough for America because they're coming in so often. So Americans have to be racist against something, right? Right. Um, now, while all this is happening, which is no secret to the British, by the way, because I mean, they have to deal with the horrible um, death and, and starving to death. And, and the, remember, the people who are starving to death are also cultivating the crops they're selling. So it goes in a vicious circle. So the, yeah. Brit- the British know this is happening. They continued to export everything else while people continued to die. Mm, it, fuck them it I was guess. a genocide yeah i don't give a shit if anybody disagrees that it was a genocide if you have was effectively a a bounty of life available to give to an entire island and you decided not to right you're willingly killing them um now if, Agreed. if if the british poured all the barley and the oats and everything else in ireland would people still starve to death yeah sure probably but not by the millions um now uh the main piece of, of literature I use as a source for this is a, is a book uh, called the Easter Rising by Tim Pat Coogan another three namer we got a lot of three namers Tim Pat Coogan Tim Pat Coogan it's not a bad name now I will acknowledge that people disagree with some of his writing because he's not a historian he is a journalist for the Irish Times another source I use for this so mm. at least it's consistent but this is from the book Easter Rising by Tim Pat Coogan quote the act of union had in effect it what it was intended to have. It deprived Ireland of political power. The country sank into a state of decay, mismanagement, and absentee landlordism. At best, the Great Famine of 1840 was both the inevitable and most glaring example of the policy of depriving the Irish of the ability to address their own problems. And that's where a lot of this comes from. Um, Now, the Irish were not in a good spot to help themselves because they were completely stripped of any power to do so. Um uh think of the Great Depression in the United States. Okay. People were hungry, bad things were happening. Now right. imagine the government of the United States had no ability to stop anything that was happening. Like there's no New Deal, yeah. there's no welfare programs, there's no soup kit, there's not shit. All that power is given, I don't know, fucking Canada or something. It's up to someone who doesn't even live near you to try to fix your problems for you. That is what happened. Of the Irish were not allowed to fix Irish problems, even though the problem that was happening was not Irish. Um, the Act of Union also had the effect of what we in America would probably call a brain drain. Um, now, this happens a lot, uh, especially growing up in Detroit. They called the they they gave this term to the brain drain when uh, white people moved out of the suburbs, which is incredibly racist. But the brain drain. So, what it effectively means. Is because the British rule left Ireland effectively a backwater. So imagine if you were an engineer or a doctor. Right. Or some other highly successful thing that neither one of us are. Yeah. Um, would you want to move back to LA? No. I wouldn't want to move Fuck back to Detroit no. either. They did this to a whole country. Okay. So yeah. if you were an Irish Figured. person who was incredibly smart, incredibly gifted, you became a doctor, you became an engineer, you became anything. You weren't going to fucking stay in Ireland. You were going to go to America. You were going to go to London. You were going to go somewhere. They pulled all of this away from Dublin, mm. which is the capital of Ireland. Right. Uh, what remained, however, in the hearts of the Irish were the, was the philosophy of Wolf Tone. Yes. That was, in order to break the chains that bound them to England, they would have to fight. But Wolf Tone was smart enough to know that a, in a one-on-one fight, Ireland would simply not win so that the key was to strike England when it was fighting a foreign enemy, hence French Revolution, mm. hence the date in this Easter Rising. Yes. We're getting there. I promise we're getting there. So far, Wolf Tone's... Wolf Tone's a fucking yeah. man. Yeah, There's actually quite a few historical uh, Irish heroes that are fucking magnificent um, that I just could not get into because there's just so many people floating around right now. Uh, a few we'll talk about are... Pro, both my militant and political heroes, but Wolf Tone is the shit. He had a lot of balls. Everybody, well, everybody that wanted to fight the British when you're starving and, have, you know, you're scratching at a living so your overlord could could steal it from you and, but you're staying there. Like, these guys stayed in fucking Ireland when they could have ran like everybody else. Yeah. That, that's I don't know. That's pure lion territory right there for going by our titles. We don't name many lions in our shows. We don't. We're we're like 95% donkey. So And wolf. And, and wolves. Um I now, hope he fights with wolves. That'd be great. He just has a cannon that shoots wolves at people. Yes. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Um now we have to talk about a concept known as home rule. Um because politics. Home rule? Home rule. Yeah, we all have home rules. <laughs> kind of not at all the same thing. So, home rule in the British Empire, or the United Kingdom at this point, long story short, it allows a colony of an empire to form its own government, be in charge of its own affairs, and you'd still be considered a dominion of the British Empire, but you would effectively control yourself. Mm. It's kind of like being a state in the United States, but not really. Yeah. Um, like... You have to answer to somebody, but 99% of the time, you're on your own. Anyway, this is what post famine Ireland was itching for. The Irish Home Rule Association was founded. Okay, don't laugh. It was founded by a guy named Isaac Butt. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Get it out. Just laugh now. Um, Uh, I'm sorry. I am who I am. (laughs) That's funny. I know my (laughs) co-host. It was founded in 1870. Uh, Now, this association changed its name several times, eventually landing on the name the Irish Parliamentary Party under the leadership of Charles Parnell. Their goal was to force an Irish Home Rule bill through the British House of Commons, and Parnell was really good at his job. He even managed to get the Prime Minister of England on board, uh, who promised Irish Home Rule would be the cornerstone of his entire government. Like, you know, uh, jobs... shooting french people and irish home rule like that those are his his things there all right so we got home rules dude's finger girls blow other home rules my bad sorry that's beer pong that's my bad now since you're listening to this episode you probably already know this doesn't happen beer pong well probably not but also home rule uh parnell was good at his job but he was also very good at fucking other dudes wives (laughs) yeah what an asshole yeah that fact what a came to <laughs> yeah that fact came to light when a guy sued his wife for a divorce and named parnell as his co-defendant this being the 1800s that kind of shit was pretty hugely frowned on well on, he sued his wife yeah so like to get a divorce you had to sue them like in court what does the wife get executed or some shit if they lose not really like not yet um oh fuck. Now, if you were like hundred years ago in England, yeah, the best way of divorcing somebody's just chuck him off a bridge. <laughs> she has no penis. Throw her. Like you, you had to like prove in court like a legitimate reason a penis? to yeah, mostly yeah, because yeah. the guy almost always won. Yeah, right, <laughs> so it'd be like, first off, I want to start off with this. Look at just, it. Just drop it on at the it. table. <laughs> As I'm sure the court has come to the ruling is women aren't really people here. Ha <laughs> ha All right, no, really. Give me my divorce. Um, so the prime minister refused to keep working with them after that, which kind of fucks up the home rule thing. Mm. Uh, another problem with passing home rule was the House of Lords. House of Lords. The House of Lords. Uh, no, not quite Game of Thrones in this shit. But uh, it, it's like Game of Thrones, but really, really stupid. I haven't seen it yet, so. Yeah, it's because you're not really a person. Well, J- we said we'd watch it. Dude, the the last season starts literally tonight. We're watching so, it. We're watching it without you. I, I imagine so. I don't. <laughs> I wasn't fucking like. Uh. It's good. But Lord of House of Lords. House of Lords. So I just see a think Coke of it party. this way. Think of it this way. If the House of Commons passed something, say a home rule bill, um, and then so th- it would then have to be passed up to the House of Lords for the House of Lords to also approve it. Sounds like a frat house. Now, mind you, the House of Lords is not elected; they're nobility. Um, so if the House of Lords didn't want to grant it, they could simply veto the goddamn thing, and they did this for every single Home Rule bill they, that they saw. Why? <laughs> so, a small side note here because I can't talk about the House of Lords without like just trying to dunk on them as hard as I can, and they're like the most British thing to ever exist. Um, these are people with titles And I swear to god all of these are true Now remember that as I, as I talk to you All of these titles are true Lord Rigglesworth Which sounds like a rich person's cat Baroness Young yes, of does. Old Scone Yeah <laughs> Who sounds like she enjoys pale Fucking pastures Stale pastries and I shit you not Lord Snape <laughs> What So yeah Leviosa uh, So yeah <laughs> These are the people shit canning Irish freedom. <laughs> Uh, Lord uh, Oldscone Yeah What do you say about this Like Baron sandwich Peach scones Are good All these in- That had nothing to do with what we were talking about All these inbred fucks with their eyes too close together Their fucking <laughs> eyes were high- high-fiving each other and shit <laughs> So it should come as a surprise to absolutely nobody that after getting routinely slapped down by bastards at the name of, and again, this is true, the Earl of Sandwich, what <laughs> <laughs> the Irish began to lose faith in government being able to give them what they wanted, which brings us to the split in Ireland. If you know anything about recent Irish history, you know there's two Ireland's. Now, I disagree with that because I fully believe that the partition of Ireland is completely illegal and I am... Completely for a unified Ireland, but the Protestants had actually originally supported home rule, uh, but that quickly changed when they realized uh, if home rule happened, that the regular Irish people were allowed to vote, like just everyday Catholics, uh, their own part, like their own Parliament, would just almost instantly lead to an Irish Catholic Parliament. Um, they called this like Rome rule, like uh, their their whole thing was like the Pope will rule Ireland, the Irish won't. Which is fucking stupid. The Pope will rule Ireland. Right, because a Catholic government, you know, obviously they have to be tools of the Pope, right? Oh my god. So, in the years since the Union, the Protestants had benefited greatly by the loving hand of the British government because the British like to work with their subjects or bootleggers, whatever you want to call them. Uh, This led to the vast quantity of wealth being pumped in the country just. Almost specifically being held by the Protestants, uh, when the Industrial Revolution finally came around to Ireland, uh, pretty much all the, the the capital, the jobs, the infrastructure, uh, laid in the hands of the Protestants. All this is centered on the town of Belfast, in north uh, in, in northeast Irish province that is known by uh, now known as Ulster. Mm. It is the one part of the country where the Protestants held a majority. Uh, it is also known as where. All of the troubles happened, um, which, you know, the Irish sectarian violence from 19-whatever to current day. Um, Now, the concept of Ulster was kind of created in the brains of Protestants, um, because even all of Ulster is not part of Northern Ireland currently. Uh, It's just any providence that's considered Protestant majority is Ulster, because they want to centralize all the money and power on themselves. Okay. Okay. Like any rich minority does, for the most part. I mean, look at apartheid South Africa. Or, you know, parts of America. Um, Since they were the money makers in a very poor country, the population swelled to around 300,000 in less than a few decades as poor Catholics traveled to Northern Ireland for work. Um, This created an obvious separation between the two groups as one depended on the other for jobs. And with that power... Now, say what you will about management... Uh if you hold all the power but also treat your employees well, there's a good chance people won't hate you for it. Yeah. They did not do that. No. They're complete assholes. Oh. Now, the Protestants are pretty unhappy with the Home Rule Bills, but they came completely goddamn unhinged as a third bill was submitted. Now, the bill was almost a seemingly sure thing to pass. So there was a, a, a parliamentary reform bill that was passed in between the second and the third bill that said if you submitted a bill to the House of Commons three times and it passed the House of Commons only to be shit-canned by the House of Lords, that third time, House Lords can do shit. Mm. So... So is that like a loophole? Consider or? it like a supermajority. Okay. Like, if there's a supermajority, it can't be vetoed. Gotcha. Um... So the Protestants now knew their safety net was gone and the house lords couldn't save them. So the Protestants got together and signed a pledge, now known as the Ulster Covent, um, that they would do everything in their power to stop Home Rule from being imposed. Around a half million people signed this fucking thing. There's an urban legend that some people signed it in blood, but nobody can actually prove that. How'd they get a half a million people? I don't fucking know. That's good networking. They are legitimately better at organizing people before the advent of lights than people are with social media today can you hear me in the back I just playing human megaphone all the <laughs> way through a goddamn country yeah, yeah. afterwards they've they found it was known as the Ulster Volunteer Force uh, led by Edward Carson and James Craig oh, those aren't fun names now there was um, other vaguely militant uh, unionist groups was the the Orangemen and there was vaguely militant We'll throw oranges at you. Catholic uh, groups known as the peep of the day boys. Yeah. Uh, because, because the thing was to go out at night and fuck people up and then retreat before the peep of the day. Yeah. Oh, and, and away we go. Hit, skip, skip, skip it. Away we go. And then you just fucking like. You're just, like, they, just they going to the dearest just... bar. <laughs> <laughs> My job here is done. It's like, it's like the, the meme of Tuxedo Mask. Yes. Uh and the orange the orange also have a, a really dumb is it nickname. Uh so they're named after William the Orange, who defeated um a Catholic king in Ireland, and uh the the, the Catholics called the king that lost Seamus Akaka. <laughs> Which means James the shit. <laughs> because he, he ran away. Oh my god. And his son, Nicholas... Shart. The liar pants. Nicholas McShart pants. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Uh-huh. These names have been great so far. Yeah, I'm really Irish enjoying this. The don't fuck around with nicknames. Like, no, he, no, he's a shit. He's just a fucking shit. First of all, <laughs> I thought I was great with uh, team nicknames. You're not. You just don't like them. You want to name every trivia team we have Daddy's Darlings. I'm not going to do Until it. Until it happens once. No. That's what, that's what she said. <laughs> All right. So I, I mean, I've had other names. Edward Carson and James Craig founded the Ulster Volunteer Force. Now, I'm going to be throwing a lot of acronyms. So, the Ulster Volunteer Force, from now on, will be known as the UVF. Uh, their stated goal is to stop home rule by any means necessary, up to and including, fighting the goddamn British. They're going to, which is weird, because, like, even if Home Rule would have passed, they would still technically have been part of the UK. They just hated fucking Catholics that much. The UVF. Yeah. Now, despite... Uh, I picture them fighting with sunscreen. Despite, despite the fact that Carson openly talked about revolting against the British to stay with the British, he had full support of the British Conservative Party, which are now known as the Tories. Yeah. Why? I would like to thank our producer for educating me in British politics, and I, I hate it. Thanks. <laughs> um, now they had full government support. They they advocated an open revolt against the government to stay with the government. I don't even know the the mental gymnastics that you have to do for that to make fucking sense. They're like. They're like the sovereign citizens who want to like wage a guerrilla war uh, against the government to like save their freedoms, yeah. which is weird because those freedoms don't exist without the advent of the United States government because our constitution does not exist in any other platform. It doesn't make any sense. They just really fucking hate Catholics. So in my opinion, and this could be wrong, Irish people correct me if I'm wrong, they just really wanted to hold on to their power. They did not want the, the idea of possibly losing any power or wealth to even cross their minds. Um, More a bunch of cockadoos. And because they had full government support, they could do things like openly break the law. In what way? So, Carson ordered all sorts of mili- uh, military drills for his new militia. But openly drilling a private army is kind of fucking illegal, right? So, I would assume. So, he just called them parades. <laughs> He declared openly that none of this mattered because, quote, drilling is illegal, the volunteers are illegal, and the government dare not interfere with them. Don't be afraid of illegalities. (laughs) He said this in the middle of town square in broad daylight. (laughs) All right. They even formed their own government without any vote, calling themselves the provisional government of Ulster with the intent of taking power should Home Rule pass. They were hoping that even if Home Rule passed... It would make one hell of an argument that the six northern Protestant counties would stay separate. And now, think of it uh, kind of how Ireland exists today. The majority would become independent, and the north would stay in the UK. It was from this idea that this idea of partition continues to this day and became mainstream then amongst unionists. Mm. Catholics are their own paramilitary in response because this is how things happen. Oh, do they have parades too? Oh, yeah. So the Irish Republican Brotherhood uh, was a nationalist society uh, helped form the Irish Volunteer Force. Now the two were not synonymous exactly. Now the Irish Republican Brotherhood has a long long history that I will not go into all the way. Um, They are a nationalist organization who wants an independent Ireland and they see the IVF as a tool for that but they're not completely in control of them. They're Kind of, sort of, in control of them. Um, Technically, the IVF was formed to ensure the UVF could not ruin home rule. It gets more complicated. The Republican Brotherhood actually wanted to use them as an armed wing to establish their independent republic, but they didn't really tell them that part yet. Uh, In order to facilitate that, they recruited IVF leaders into their ranks. Which brings us to another paramilitary, my favorite paramilitary, the the Irish Citizens Army, or the ICA. So, ooh, that's close to CIA. I see why you like it. <laughs> not quite. Uh, so they were formed during a massive worker strike known as the Dublin Lockout, uh, which I'm not going to go into. That's a t- good name. So just think about this: whole bunch of, uh, of unionists and factories wanted more pay, better benefits, everything else. So they struck. You know, they 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 striked. They they weren't going to go to work. Um, the Dublin Metropolitan Police was notorious at the time for being incredibly violent. So they were used as strike breakers. Like they're going to show up, they're going to beat your fucking ass, your strikes, and you're going to go back to work, which brings us to a socialist and British army veteran named, uh, James Connolly, who's my favorite person in the entire story. Uh, he was such a well-known organizer. He like toured New York and talked to Irish people there. Uh, he was all around really well liked. Um, he formed the ICA, even though it was incredibly small, uh, to help protect union demonstrators from police crackdowns. They honed their skill in massive street brawls, beating strikebreakers to death with sticks and bricks. Yes. To include cops. This is awesome. <laughs> Holy shit. Both sides also began an arms race. Uh, as what? I, as Ireland isn't exactly America, coming up with tens of thousands of weapons became pretty goddamn hard a group of unionists spearheaded by two officers of the British army were pulling double duty for the UVF, managed to smuggle 30,000 rifles and millions of rounds of ammunition from the German empire. How do you smuggle that? So, and what became known as the Larn gun running ring, uh, through a series of trips, uh, they were caught time, time and time by the Danish Navy who actually thought they were arming Icelandic independence fighters, which is weird. um, so, nobody ever got in trouble for it. Who was Iceland fighting? Denmark. Uh, Iceland was actually oh, a, okay. a territory of Denmark at the time. But Iceland wasn't actually fighting them. Denmark was just a little worried about it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, this... Nobody ever this got Is this the caught. Star Wars? <laughs> is it Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. No? It's, it's Star Wars, but makes more sense. Okay. And also, cool. I enjoy it. You take that back. <laughs> Please. I refuse. Now, if you remember the two people I just named who were leading this, part of the what? British Army. Yes. Now... Uh, a lot of this gun running ring, there was like dead drops and like fake ships full of uh not actual rifles to get caught and like decoys and all sorts. It was a highly led military operation because it was pretty much ran by the British Navy and Army. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Because they supported the Unionists. Um, and it was openly aided by in-uniform Army and British Royal Marines. Okay. Um, uh, So, the IVF eventually got wind of this and said, fuck, we need to get some weapons of our own. Though, their attempt was markedly less of a success. (laughs) Now, remember, all the money is in Protestant hands in Northern Ireland. They don't got that money. (laughs) I hope it's like pipe guns and shit. Well, they pulled their money together and uh, they also went to the British Empire, or sorry, the German (laughs) Empire and they got around 3,000 rifles. Nice! Uh, All right, Uh, we got $5 $5 some lint and Jameson Yes, yeah. <laughs> and this- so, and the British Empire sold them sh- shitty old black powder rifles that dated back to the Franco-Prussian oh, war fuck. the guns they sold were older than Germany Germany did not That's exist yet awesome uh, despite the fact that they did not have a lot of money the Childers family owned a goddamn pleasure yacht known as the Asgard the pleasure yacht that they used to do their smuggling so they piled thousands of, I don't so I don't know how big this boat is. Oh you said a pleasure yacht. Pleasure yacht. Medium sized boat. Probably. Okay, so pleasure. Yeah. Mm. Like to go like to go on cruises. Not like weird I'm not oh. I'm not, not kink shaming. We we don't kink shame here. No, I'm not kink shaming. I just want to know what the pleasure is. Uh so the pleasure in this case is stuffing thousands of rifles instead of a small boat. <laughs> um since it's a yacht and not a transport ship, the thousands of guns and millions of rounds of ammunition pretty much took up all the space, forcing the crew to eat, sleep, and cook right on top of guns. That's not fucking pleasurable. Which I feel like is how like half of Americans really want to picture things now. Probably. I just want to sleep on guns. Blankets and shit. Yeah. Like any other smart group of smugglers, they pulled into the Houth Harbor in the middle of Dublin and broad fucking daylight. There they met the Countess Markovitch and a gaggle of kids from the Irish nationalist youth group called the Fianna who were uh, towing along wheelbarrows and hand carts. Remember, middle of the broad daylight. Now, as you can imagine, a group of kids offloading thousands of guns from a yacht stuck, uh, stuck out to the harbormaster pretty fucking immediately. Yeah. So he called the cops. And uh, because like all the fucking guns... He also called for military assistance. Yeah, I was about to say. Imagine the cops would be like, "Whoa, whoa, that's too much for me. I can't hit that with a brick." Yeah. So they sent a detachment from the king's own Scottish borderers. Are the the British they have dogs? a tendency to like own? Yeah. Is this a whole bunch of Scottish <laughs> yeah, retrievers it's just or something? A bunch of fucking dogs, like. <laughs> bark! Attack. Bark! Bark! Back off, you weak cunt! Bark! 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 <laughs> Heel! Oh fuck! <laughs> I'll I'll sit down (laughs) When you leave I'll start barking again (laughs) So when the cops And the uh, soldiers showed up Things kind of turned into a clusterfuck A group of cops refused to disarm the IVF And uh, a part of the cops Tried to disarm them But they were now uh, outnumbered Then the army showed up and started bayoneting people What the (laughs) fuck Yeah and that's and what skinny cut they just like, rolled in like, well, there. I was gonna start baiting the guys beaten, with red hair. Fuck it. Uh <laughs> so the IVF began fighting back with clubs and rifles. Uh the cops began fighting between themselves and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's I, just punching everybody. I call upon the wolf. I mean, heel, cinnamon, heel. Meanwhile, the, the British soldiers are just bayoneting everybody <laughs> who isn't wearing the same coat as them. I can't imagine a dog bayoneting anybody. There's a tiny knife held between his teeth. Heel, cinnamon. Now, this brought a crowd of civilians to the harbor as. Edith, fuck yes, they're fighting too. <laughs> who began to shit talk and throw rocks at the soldiers. <laughs> this eventually caused the soldiers to say, fuck this and retreat back to the barracks. Now, as a twofer, when they were retreating, the civilians followed them started shit-talking them for retreating. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, hey, you fucking pussies! You couldn't take some guns? <laughs> oh, where are you going? You gonna run away now, pussies? <laughs> uh, and because uh, the British soldiers uh, do what they do, they turn to and, and shot at them. Oh. Not so funny anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's when not. the shooting was over, three were dead and a further 38 were wounded. There are two arguments that can be made about this. One is the British government obviously colluded with the UVF to arm loyalist paramilitaries in Ireland while cracking down on Republican factions. That part's kind of inarguable. The other is that the Republicans wanted to get caught for propaganda value. Mm, okay. I, I, I propose this because I believe a combination of these things. One, Republicans got as close to the capital of Ireland as possible to offload their guns in broad daylight. Another was, they probably could have gotten more money together to buy decent guns, and so they bought uh, a paltry amount of shitty black powder weapons. They buy antiques. Yeah. Now the guy who owned the yacht was a veteran of the Second Boer War, and would have definitely known the guns they were bought sucked. <laughs> I wonder if he looked at him and went, "Oh God, I'm <laughs> using my boat for this." <laughs> Are the cops Almost. still fighting at this point? Like, they're just still no, they got fighting ran off. each other. <laughs> they're not even sure they're punching anymore. And yeah, like, just one lone <laughs> Irish cop punching himself in the face. <laughs> I'm going to beat your knuckles with my face. <laughs> Now, this whole thing could be posed because the Republicans could bring themselves into a made because you know the fucking internet and TV doesn't exist. You gotta whip up propaganda value somehow. So they're gonna pull into the middle of a major port, let their shitty black powder rifles get confiscated, and be like, look, you didn't do those to the other guys while civilians are watching. Or nobody's expecting them to do that in the morning. Now middle of the day. That didn't happen. No guns got taken. And here's why. The soldiers only managed to take 19 guns from Republicans Holy out God. of 3,000, uh, which a court re- forced them to return because they'd been illegal- illegally seized. <laughs> we need the 19 back yeah. <laughs> out of the 3,000. I guess since they illegally seized their illegally smuggled guns, they just canceled each other out and made the guns legal. <laughs> I hope they looked at it and they went, We don't want these. Two longs do make it right. Fuck you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Bought a bunch of fucking paperweights If it was a propaganda mission It succeeded Due to the soldiers gunning down innocent people The IVF swelled with new recruits And so the shooting happened at a street known as The Bachelor's Walk And remember Bachelor's Walk Became a Republican rallying cry That's my hallway in my house Yeah, That's just literally everywhere you go (laughs) (laughs) Yeah The British government saw things were getting really stupid and a, and they started to get a little worried about how much better armed the UVF were uh, and just openly talking about shooting literally everybody. Uh, so they began to get uh, a little worried about the army depots in Ulster. Like, mm. shit, they could just overrun these and take our shit too and we get machine guns and cannons in there and shit. <laughs> um, So yeah, and recent intelligence said that like they very well might be able to like take over Carrickfergus Castle, which is like the main point for all their weapons. Uh, so Sir Arthur Paget, the commander in chief of Ireland, was ordered to deploy his soldiers to secure various depots throughout Ireland. Uh, like now, they weren't supposed to do anything; like just stand around, and they probably won't shoot at British soldiers. They weren't supposed to like kick in doors and arrest people, nothing like that. Like it's literally as. As close to the definition as show of force could be. Mm, Okay. But his soldiers refused. Hundreds of officers threatened to resign their commission if ordered to move against the loyalists. They faced an outright mutiny. So the government just fucking backed down. Fuck. Yeah. Going even further, the government promised to never use the army to enforce home rule on Ulster. And only Ulster. Now this ended up being completely broken, but we'll get there in some other future series. And then, in August 1914, World War I started. Mm. And then, in September, the third Irish Home Rule Bill passed. And then, all hell broke loose. Fuck. And the cops are still fighting each other at the station. Just one bored <laughs> police chief punching himself in the face. In the you office. give up. <laughs> Fuck you, Seamus. You give up. <laughs> I just imagine the whole station fighting, and the, you see the person at the desk just, like, answering the calls yes they're still fighting yes we'll get to it and that is where we'll pick up next week i'm so happy the names of this episode have made made this episode for me so we're gonna do something different with the closing of this episode this is an irish episode uh the books were supplied to me by an irishman he's a, a very good fan of ours he has sent us so much shit. He sent us liquor. He sent us yes. books. I'm not going to name drop him because I'm sure he he doesn't want his shit to be known. He sent us shirts, um, but he's also walking. He's he's doing a overland march of Iceland in support of a charity known as uh, Dogs for the Disabled. Uh, the hashtag is Walk for Dogs with the with the number. That's four. something we can get behind too. We're wearing the shirts now, and so this is a really really cool charity um it supplies service dogs for the disabled they pay nothing for it i don't know anything about the irish government so uh now this is the republic of ireland not northern ireland um i don't know anything about how the republic of ireland works but they receive no irish government funding at all of it is charity um they spend about 15000 pounds on um on like per dog per lifetime for these people for no cost to the person, their waiting list is like five years, uh, and they only can train about like twenty five dogs a year. So like maybe with it with more money, um, they might be able to get more dogs out to kids who need them. Um, he's doing a really good thing. He, they operate a bunch of like three hundred thousand dollars a year, three hundred thousand pounds a year, um, and they only have like five staff. So like any bit of money helps if it's dollars, loonies, fucking pounds, euros, it doesn't matter. Um if you're going to give us Patreon money this month don't do it. Give it to them. Yes. Um because they deserve it. That is dogsforthedisabled.ie. Uh it's an Irish website. So dogsforthedisabled.ie. Donate to them. They're good people. We got their shirts. Mine says uh the co- the expedition commissar way cooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hold on. <laughs> his says Captain Cosplay yes <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for tuning in to our uh, Easter special tune in next week to hear the conclusion of our not so Easter special part 2 hopefully the names are just as cool and good and, Oh it gets interesting and the police are still fighting each other uh, they fight somebody <laughs> <laughs> yes so until next week remember dogs for the disabled.ie. yes and later